0: You are a good thing. Stop letting people, TV, men, etc. define you. God gave you the victory over everything the devil was trying to get you to think about. I learned that God goes above and beyond. And we cannot even try to guess the plans that he has for us. That we are not the author of our story. God is assurance of things hoped for the convictions of things not seen and if you're waiting to be able to see the end result before you make a move you're not moving on faith the purpose is not a position or a job or a title purpose is a posture god is going to take you on a journey Possible and made me take battle with God. Hey, holy people, welcome back to another episode, honey. Um, I am enjoying sharing all of my summer sabbatical stories with y'all. Um, it's a learning process, okay. I ain't even gonna lie, I thought that. When I went on this summer sabbatical, I was going to come back dripping in excess, honey. I was finna come back dripping in just swagging and anointing. Um, And the summer sabbatical felt different. But uh, the experiences that God brought me through was truly a journey. But I am so overjoyed that he allowed me to go through that because I wouldn't have the revelations that I have now. right? But I want to take y'all on this story that I got about how this summer I went and um, bought a new car. I bought a new car, but it was really like my current car. I was just in a lease, but that process was so stressful. That process stressed me out more than I think the process of buying a house has stressed me out. Like it really was ridiculous. Um, but the more that I think on it, I appreciate the journey that God had brought me through, and. I also recognize that I feel like we as humans constantly have this tug of war between what we want and what we need. And it's difficult to decipher between what is a want and what is a need, especially in today's current times. Right. So. Um, I want to shout out my car. <laughs> I want to shout out Miss Edda Grace. That is my car who has been rocking with me for three years. And at the end of the day, I decided to continue to rock with her. Um, but I, I wish I could say that I decided it, but it was really my husband and my friend who, um, through their clarity, you know, was able to refocus me on my goals, but I want to walk you out through this process. Um, so this wasn't my first time buying a car. It wasn't, um, I've had my very, very first time buying a car, um, I had to go to a used car dealership because my family wasn't able to um, buy buy me a car, right? I wasn't born in one of these households where they was like, you get a car, you get a car, you get a car. That wasn't my story, okay? My parents was was trying to hold on to the cars that they had, amen? I also wasn't in a position where they were able to co-sign for me on my first car. So the advice that they gave me was right to go to a used car dealership to save up your money um and get a reliable a to b car okay how many of y'all had an a to b car um so we i did that i followed their advice because that's what they told me to do and we found a car we found a little acura it was nice um there weren't too many missing features (laughs) not noticeable at least but for me a person driving a car every day i'd be like oh this button don't work oh this this don't work but i had a sunroof And you couldn't tell me nothing, okay? with the sunroof in Reno, Nevada, driving down Lake Tahoe, honey, with my hair blowing in my wind. I was living my best life. And it was a great car and it served its purpose. Um, One day, though, coming from my job, coming from working on campus um, on February 14th, honey, in 2017, I will never forget this day. It was pretty late at night. I was driving and another college student had ran a stop sign and he ended up T-boning me on my driver's side. My car had spun. Um, It was very chaotic. It was very chaotic scene. My mama ended up having to call me at the time. I was so thankful for her and helped kind of bring me back to clarity. But it was really jarring. Um, I couldn't get out of my passenger or I couldn't get out of my my driver's side of my door. Because it was um kind of I guess dented in, I guess you could say. So that car, I mean, I was able to get it fixed, um, but it wasn't gonna serve me no long term need. And so after lawyer's fees, because we I had to hire a lawyer, honey. After lawyer's fees and medical um bills, copay, I went through physical therapy, I had an outpatient surgery on my back. Um, after all of those things, I mean I couldn't afford it, so I put it on my credit card. But um we finally received a settlement. I finally got a settlement. It was a hefty settlement that I wish would rain down on me today. Heavenly Father, if you hear this, but I don't wanna, you know what? Let me take that back. Because I don't want to go through what I went through to get that settlement. Mm-mm, reverse that. Um, but yes, it was a it was a hefty settlement. And at this time though, when I got it, like a year and a half had passed, and I was about to graduate. So I um knew that I was going to North Carolina. The cheapest option for me was to go ahead and and take all of my things, pack it in my car and drive across the country. But my parents wasn't feeling it. I wasn't feeling it because that wasn't going to be a smart idea, honey. I was going to end up on somebody's side of the road and I could not do that. And so that's when me and my parents decided that it would be best to lease a car, Um, to go to a, a car dealership, a new car dealership. So I went to Honda and I was like, what's the cheapest car I can get in? What can I afford? And, um, the best option for me at that time was to lease a car. I knew that this wasn't my forever car. Let me just lease it for the time I'm going to use it. And then I'll be able to purchase a car later on. So I did, I did that. Um, and that car served its purpose. And when I went to, when I came to Arizona, um, I found myself in the same, you know, kind of situation again. Okay. What do I, what do I need? Am I going to be able to, do I want to buy out this car or do I want to get a new one? And so at that time I was like, I don't want to be rocking in no civic, you know, this whole time, um, we were trying to buy a house at the time. And so I needed a low car payment. Um, I wasn't really trying to do too much with a car. wasn't trying to get crazy. So I just upgraded it, but it was a deal that I just, I could not turn down. He was able to get me into the car that I loved that I wanted was an upgrade um I had to lease it but it was going to be the same price I was like bet like say less yes let's do it and then you know three years go by again now here we are in the same scenario Maya you gonna lease or you gonna buy a car and um this was the decision that was the hardest because when I was an undergrad I needed that first car to get you know, back and forth to my internships and my on-campus jobs, I needed the car to get around. I was, you know, basically by myself in a, like eight hours away from my family. I needed a car. That was a need. I, that was an easy decision. It was a need, right? Bad, you know, kind of car deal, but I got it. I got an to B car. The time that I knew that I needed to travel across the country, that car wasn't going to do it. I, and I, and that end i needed to get out of a very bad deal they were not trying to give me the title to my car they were not trying to give me what my payout was it was just so bad the the honda salesman felt bad for me he was like no college student should have to go through this like we we're going to take a loss but it is what it is we're going to get you in a new car and so that was an obvious need and I was at peace with that because it was so easy. God put the right people in the right place at the right time. And the timing of everything was, was beautiful. So, um, that wasn't a stressful decision, right? Um, when I got to Arizona, I knew, okay, I don't want this car for forever. Like, let's actually get the car that I want. Um, I knew that I had to lease because we were trying to buy a house. I need a low payment, easy decision, right? But now. Honey, this time around, now I am a homeowner. Now I am a wife. Now I do have long-term goals. I don't plan on moving out of the country anytime soon. I don't plan on moving across the country again. I don't have these big major life decisions, graduation things to plan around. Like, I'm planted. I have roots here. Like, what are we actually doing? But... A lot of things had also changed too. The economy has shifted. Interest rates are going up. Um, I may or may not have to pay for student loans. Honey, still don't know the answer to that one. So it was a it's a it was a confusing decision to make because like I I didn't have anything to lean on. I didn't have a crutch to be like, "Oh, well, no, I need to do this decision because XYZ." It was like, "Okay, what are we going to do?" And I couldn't decide that. And it was very hard for me to make. Um, because I I didn't know if I was making a decision because this was again a need or if this was a want. And I never wanted to be of my flesh, and I never wanted to be of money to be like, give me the brand newest, most up to date car because I grew up with that. I grew up, you know. Never satisfied, always wanting more, seeing people do that. And I know that there's no end to that. There's always going to be a newer car. There's always going to be a more shiny car, right? But it was difficult because I, the numbers was numbering. The math was mathing. Um, <laughs> and so I didn't know what to do, right? And I mean, there was not a lot of room for error. Things are expensive, <laughs> I thought I was counting every cent but honey Mr. Krabs aka my husband he was really counting every cent um and so I thought going to the dealership ahead of time before my end of my lease was going to help to clarify some of these things but the moment that the numbers were in front of me it just made it even harder and I got extremely frustrated like I got really frustrated because I knew my mind was clouded. I knew my judgment was off. I knew I wasn't able to tap into God to get the discernment that I need. And that was the frustrating part. I wasn't frustrated that I had to make a decision that, you know, maybe I would be a loss. Either way for me, it's a win-win. I have a car, right? The frustrating part spiritually for me was why is my head so clouded? And why is it so clouded in the time that I've been tapping in the most with God? That was the frustrating part for me. So I couldn't, I couldn't make the decision. It was my husband, it was my friend. It was like, listen, you was happy with Edda Grace. That's the name of car. You was happy with Edda Grace when you came in. You're gonna be happy with Edda Grace when you leave, right? There's always gonna be new things coming on. You know, it is what it is. Um And so as I prayed on this, and as I prayed on this moment and I was seeking answers from God I was seeking peace from God I turned to his word because that's all we can do so I turned to first John and I came across this passage that you I'm sure you've heard of before but it says do not love the world or the things in the world that if anyone that loves the world the love of the father is not in him for all that is in the world the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Now here, John warns us that our focus should be on God and not our possessions. Um, we have to choose one. You can't, serve both. You can't have love of money and love of God. It doesn't exist, right? What he's not saying is that by simply having these things is a sin, right? Like you need a car to get to work. You need a house to get to places, right? Um you you need these things in today's world. But to be obsessed by it, to have this love, this greed, um to be distracted by it, that is a sin that you know leads to you creating that thing um to be an idol that very much takes takes away from god that is you know what what john is talking about here and so um the lust of the flesh right is to excessively crave or inappropriately desire something you have to eat but when you eat in excess, <laughs> when you down in all these McDonald's and Taco Bell and all this stuff in the same day, baby that's gluttony. That's a sin. Okay? Um that's what he's talking about, lust of the flesh. Um similarly, lust of the eyes to is, is to choose what we want mentally um and put our focus on that. If you look at something that's not a sin, but when that look turns into obsession, when you starting to have impulsive thoughts, when you starting to not be able to control your body, okay, scrolling through Twitter, hello people. um, That is when it becomes a sin, right? And then the pride of the life. It's not you just saying having confidence is a sin. No, you taking away from what God has given to you, giving glory to God, the bragging, the boastful nature, all that stuff, that is what John is worrying about here. And so that's why I got frustrated because, I knew that what should have been a simple decision, right? It was taking up too much time in my life. It was becoming a stressor. I mean, I'm researching, I'm looking at YouTube videos for hours and hours and hours about, you know, people's advice. What did they do? What did I'm turning to that first instead of turning to God. I was literally spending so much time that I was having dreams of these things while I'm sleeping that I will wake up with headaches because I've been on the computer with all this light this whole time. That is what I got frustrated about. Cause I was like, wow, sis, you really you really let this get the best of you. You really became consumed by this decision. And and like you <laughs> it's almost like I knew. It was a warning. I knew it was a possibility. And I just kind of walked right on into it. (laughs) I knew the devil was going to tempt me. You know, going to a car dealership, they're going to sell you something. I was like, Lord, here they go. I ain't finna say yes to nothing. I ain't finna do nothing. I knew it. But then I let it consume me. And I wish I could say this was the only thing that I was distracted by. I wish I could say that this was the only thing that I was obsessive over this summer. But it's not. You know, by the end of season one, I decreed and declared we're gonna have new resources. But at the end of the day, you gotta go find them resources. And so here I was doing the same exact thing, right? On Amazon, hours of the night. Over here on YouTube, looking at what are the the biggest and the best equipment to buy. And it's so expensive, right? I literally, it took up so much of my mental capacity that God didn't even have room to work and move and show me what He wanted to do because I was using the rest of my occupancy for this that's why I got frustrated and and it's it's a blessing and a curse when you're that in tune with God and when you're that in tune with your body because other people they'll be like oh I got a headache me I'm like bro this is a spiritual warfare like I'm over here flesh you know lust of the eyes lust of the flesh I got the best of me Lord Jesus, it's a cycle (laughs) I was spiraling so fast um I feel like as believers, that's a hard pill to swallow, right? It's, it's, you want to believe that you're being smart. You want to believe that this process that you're going, this researching everything is you being a good steward of, of you know God's resources. Um, but if you're not careful, it could turn into an idol real fast. It can turn into this constancy of pursuing the greater and better and not being satisfied with what God has given you. In, in First Timothy, right? Um, First Timothy talks about being contentment, the godliness and being contentment. Um, that, you know, we don't take, you know, everything out of the world with us. Nothing's going with us when we get called to heaven. And so um, this is when, you know, he's talking about the, the root of evil. It's, you know, this love of money. And I think it's because there's always going to be more money. There's always going to be more. And the pursuit of that, 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 le- that's a, that's a tough role that, that leads to some stuff. And so he urges there to be content. Now I went and looked up Webster. Okay. Went to the Webster streets and Webster defines contentment as feeling or showing satisfaction with one's possession, status, or situation. Now, my Bible commentary says that contentment means being satisfied and at rest about where God has you, despite what's happening around you. What I really strive to do, and this is a very moment of, of transparency, this is a daily, daily battle, um, and I haven't arrived at it yet, but I'm really striving to chase contentment in this season, um, or at least during the summer season, that's what I was chasing. And the greatest example of contentment that I find was in Paul's letter, right? And it's in Philippians, everybody knows this, we're you God's going to supply all my need. We're so quick to say that. We are so quick to say that. But I really, after this whole ordeal of buying the car and figuring this out, I sat in some moments of reflection over this verse and was like, "Let you know, let me dive in and see, see what God has to say about this. And so Paul writes here, I rejoiced greatly in the Lord. That at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned but had no opportunity to show it. And I'm not saying this because I'm in need. For what I have learned is to be content whatever the circumstances. He says, I know what it is to be in need. And I know what it is to have plenty. And I have learned that the secret of being content in any and every situation. Whether well fed or hungry. Whether living in plenty or in want. Is that I can do. All things through him who gives me strength. I have received full payment. And have more than enough. I am amply supplied. Now that I have received from Epiphytus. The gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering. An acceptable sacrifice pleasing to God. And my God will meet all your needs. According to the riches of his glory. In Christ Jesus. You see. On this journey to contentment, um, I've been I've been quoting this wrong, right? I've been saying my God's gonna supply any and everything that I want. And that's not it. <laughs> it's really God's gonna give me what I need for what I'm going through. That He's already giving me what I need. And there's this peace, this contentment with that. And it's hard, right? Like we're going to face hardships. We know that there's going to be persecution. We know that the journey is going to be tough. Um. But we, it's our responsibility to find contentment in what God has given me. And trust that if you feel like you need more, if you feel like you don't have enough resources, one, I would challenge you if that's the case, but then trust that God's going to provide it. In his time and in his season, he will provide what you need. But too often, we aren't even grateful for what we have. And we aren't even using fully all the resources that we have. Like how many times do we have things, all these tools sitting around us and we're like, oh, I need this. I need the latest and greatest. When the last time you picked the thing that you got up? When the last time you surveyed the resources that you have? What you need is likely already in your vicinity. But you want more. Why? Because you saw an a, a Instagram video about it. And what are you going to do once you have it? One, you probably aren't even qualified enough to be able to use that upgrade. Right? You don't even, you want to test and you don't even know how to unlock the door. Like, I think we try to rush over seasons and we see somebody else's end goal. We don't see the journey that it took for them to get there. We see their end goal, and we're like, "Well, I need. Well, if if they're here and they have X, Y, Z, that's the formula for me getting what I need." But we know God is the God of an exponential increase. We know that God is the God of miracles. We know that God is the God of abundance of overflow. So why are we comparing what they have with what we got right now? We need to steward over what we currently have, Be find out how to be happy in that. Because if you don't find out how to be content with what you have, when God gives you what you want, you still aren't gonna be happy. You still aren't gonna be grateful. And that's the challenge. That's the challenge to us, that we have to trust that any unmet need that we have, God is going to provide it. And if he is not, if it's not in your timing. You need to trust that God's going to give you the strength to handle what you got. Right? Think about David and Goliath. He ain't had no AK sharpshooter. He used what he had. He trusted that he had the strength through Christ Jesus with what he had. And so... The devil tried to convince Paul, honey. He tried to convince him that he was hungry. He tried to convince him that, hey, okay, I know you got food, but hey, you ain't got dessert. And you ain't had ice cream in a while. No, and Paul was like, I've had lack and I've had plenty. I'm going to be happy in either the way. And that's what it means to be content. Now, I'm not there yet. (laughs) I'm still on the journey. Um, and I think it's tough because I know (laughs) that there's always like, okay, okay, Lord, I have what I need, but this computer is freezing on me. Okay, Lord, I have what I need, but this storage is at full capacity. What's the balance, right? Do I need a refurbished computer? Do I need a brand new computer? Like, do I need no computer at all? That's the tough part for me. But I also know that the moment that the enemy can distract us and to get us to start thinking about our own thoughts and being in our own head. Um, And the more, the more that he can keep us running in a circle, going through that, asking the questions, asking the what of scenarios instead of asking God. And we know that God said, if you ask, you will receive. If he keeps us from open up, uh, open up our mouths and communicating with our God, uh, communicating with our source, then we'll never get the resource. So. That's what happened, y'all. That's what happened this summer. Um, me being at the car dealership, I was chasing contentment. Um, but I'm glad that I have a circle of friends, a wonderful husband who reminds me, babe, this is the goals that we have. This is what we said that we wanted. Let's not get distracted because there's always going to be something. But what are we doing with what we have? So. I hope that you can be encouraged. I hope that you can just take it up with God, you know, and figure out what do you really need to survey what you have to work with what you got. Okay. Um, you'll always want something, you know, but trust that if I need it, God's going to give it to me. He will supply. And Just focus on being content like Paul. Like the moment that I feel like I could get to that level where I'm like, bruh, I had not and I had plenty and I'm still happy. Like I feel like that level of confidence, that level of try me is untouched. (laughs) So that's what I'm striving for. But holy people, the moment that you can go ahead and discern that, And the moment that you can live in contentment, I fully believe that you will be able to be you, shine bright, and stay holy. And if that's not possible, then baby, take it away, God. Period. Love y'all.